It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody, and happy holidays from the Better Faster Podcast. Today, we're talking about goal setting, the importance of having goals, and then as a coach or as a PT, how to work with somebody on setting realistic goals, and then determining when we need to dig deeper. So if someone's telling you what their goals are and their behaviors aren't really lining up with it, how do you help them determine what their real priorities are and spark that further conversation? So hope you're really going to enjoy today's episode. If you haven't already, please go on to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. One of our goals is to get a hundred of those reviews by the end of the year. So if possible, please go on there, leave us a review, leave us a comment on something you might want us to talk about on a future episode. And again, have a great holiday season. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Happy Monday, Better Faster Podcast listeners, and Merry Christmas Eve to you all. Today, Josh and I are talking about goal setting. But before we dive into this, we've got a few updates for you guys. Uh, first one, the wife and I are pregnant with baby number two. Yeah. Don't know, don't know if it's boy or girl yet. Just want a healthy baby. I'll be happy either way. And then the uh, the second thing is we're just, what, 10 days away from opening up our Vertex location in Casey. And that's also going to be where your company, CPT, is going to be housed. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, man. I am so excited about that. We got a lot of work to do in the next 10 days, but I think we can get it done. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been piecing it together bit by bit. Uh, last week was, was, an, was an event, man, moving that whole U-Haul worth of gym equipment. But um, I think we, I think you need to tell the story about how you decided to take that rig apart. Um, yeah. So <laughs> wait, 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 let me preface this first. Let me preface this first. So like any project, moving the whole gym was like an eight hour process and there were multiple trips to the hardware store. So while I was away at said project at the hardware store, uh, go ahead and tell the audience what you were doing. Go ahead and tell your idea you had. <laughs> so I had this idea of um, kind of speeding up the process and getting some work done while Brandon ran to the hardware store. So um, we were fortunate enough. First, we have to get a shout out to Vertex employees, Sean Jacobs and Tristan Fail, Dr. Sean and Dr. Tristan, and Sean's wife, uh, Sarah, as well, for helping us during this process. So big shout out to them. But a couple of them had ran, run to the store, and Tristan and I were still at the, at the facility where we were uh, taking part in some of this rig that we were going to be moving. And so I had the idea of, well, you know, I could take the nut off of all of these bolts and leave the bolt in there and it's still together. But then we've already done all of the work with the impact. And when we're ready, we can just kind of, you know, take it off piece by piece. At least that's how it went in my mind. And, uh, Needless to say, uh, we wouldn't be talking about this if it went, you know, if it went as uh, according to plan. So 
there were a couple instances in which where we took off one piece and other pieces decided to uh, <laughs> to come off as well. And then the final piece happened to be where uh, we were only about halfway through, actually probably not even halfway through taking this thing apart. And uh, when I took, uh, we picked up one piece, the decided thing, the whole thing decided it wanted to be like a, a real life version of dominoes and it just kind of all came tumbling down and we were very very fortunate that no one was was injured in this process uh, but in the end honestly the domino effect ended up saving time in my opinion so not all was lost but yeah it sounded great in my head and it didn't it didn't end up working out that way <laughs> It's only weird if it doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, man. And there, was, there was one time I thought one of the pull-up bars was, it almost hit Sarah in the head, and I think you saved her a little bit, and, and that one scared me a little bit. It was, yeah, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have done it that way. No, it's genius, man. It, 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 this sim was done in 10 seconds. No, yeah, you straight up, you, you almost killed Sean's wife. She I had know, cat-like reflexes. Like, so she got up the last second. It was, oh, if, if we would have got it on film, that would have been on Tosh Point. I know, man. And I felt, dude, I felt so bad. But at the same time, in my mind, it seemed like such a great idea. I was like, uh, you know, the, the bolts are still there. It's it's still intact. <laughs> but, yeah, don't do not do that. If you're planning on yeah, taking don't try it, home. just don't try that at home. <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, circling back around to the topic of the episode, talking about goals. Um, you know, I know you have a, a lot of things that you've kind of gained from the, the OPEX, sort of the, the lifestyle coaching side of things. And, um, you know, I thought it was really interesting. I know we were talking about it the other day about the seven questions that you'll, that you'll ask a client. And I imagine this is something that is discussed very early on into the, uh, the, the, the training, the program, if you will, right? So almost like a first interview. Is, is that correct? Right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing of when you're starting with somebody, you know, everyone's going to you know have a conversation that includes something about goal setting. And then the extent at which you dive into that uh, is probably going to vary client to client. And, and the stuff we're going to talk about today, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, unleash or, or give to every single client when they come in. For me, a lot of times it's like, you know, listening to what the client tells me, evaluating with my eyes what I see, and then determining, is there a little bit of a disconnect there? And then maybe I need to dig a little bit deeper. So, um, you know, I love to get into goal setting with every one of my clients. Um, and, I, you know, I usually follow somewhat of a, you know, the SMART framework. I want to make sure that it's specific, that you can measure it, that it's attainable or realistic, that there's some type of time component. And I want to make sure that there's some way for us to measure that we're making progress on each one of these goals. Because there's a difference between a goal and a fantasy. You know, me telling, you know, like I, there's all, you know, I, I say that, uh, you know, a story or at least an analogy of like, you know, me saying I want to have a yacht one day and then in a year, am I any really, am I closer to having a yacht? Like there's no tangible way to measure progress really um, versus, you know, a, a goal that you can actually see. Are we making real steps that show signs that this goal is coming true? Um, so I like to really differentiate, you know, between goals and fantasies because, you know, a lot of times people come to you and, and they may have some goals that are maybe slightly, you know, unrealistic. And, and that's kind of a fine line you have to tread uh, uh, with that. So um, th there, there are also the people that come to you that, that give you goals and then their lifestyle and everything they're doing from a behavior standpoint is totally not in line with those goals. So I think, you know, it's important to have these conversations initially and then determine, do you need to dig deeper? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's so important. That's something that we see on the rehab side of things too, is you absolutely have to listen. I mean, that's our superpower as physical therapists. And then you have to meet people where they're at hundred percent. Um, and you know, goal setting is super important for physical therapy. I mean, it's, 
it's very important. I mean, sometimes, you know, I get to a stumbling block in the rehab process, but one thing I always remind myself is to keep the goal, the goal. And by that, I mean what the patient's goal is. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. As, you know, as a PT, I've always, you know, felt that like the patient's goal, something like I want my back to pain to improve so I can play with my kids, or I want to fix my shoulder so I can snatch again. You know, that's all that matters. And as a healthcare provider, it's kind of struck me as odd that PTs are one of the few people in healthcare that have to make all these short-term and long-term goals, things like MCIDs on lower extremity functional scale, whatnot. And you know, before I get an angry email, yes, I realize this stuff's important for research. And yes, it's an insurance game and that might one day drive reimbursement up, but really I wouldn't hold your breath on that. But circling back around my point, um, you know, the patient or the client goals all, is all that matters. And, you know, speaking of outcome measures, that's why the patient specific functional scale is my favorite one. Um, but yeah, you know, once we establish what these goals are, the whole process should be built around it. Um, you know, and, and then like you said, that's not all, you know, sometimes people have goals that may not be realistic, a fantasy, like you said, and that's where we have to peel back a few layers and then see if their behaviors actually match their goals. And, um, you know, I think you can probably elaborate more, a little bit more on this, Josh. I think you have some, uh, some strategies, maybe some technique that you yeah, like to use for this. Definitely, man. I like how you mentioned, um, you know, the patient specific, uh, specific uh, you know, goals as something you're working for. And I think there's, in this whole process, oftentimes we as, you know, fitness professionals or physical therapists, we have to really understand what their goals are and not what we want their goals to be. And I think oftentimes, you know, especially from a coach, you know, fitness and health, optimal health or performance might be something that I want for that person. But I don't want to interject either my personal beliefs or my personal goals or priorities onto that person. You know, I have to really see them where they are and what they're telling me. And, and it comes back to listening and digging deeper and asking the right questions and then understanding that, you know, and, and going through this whole process without judgment. Um, cause that's another big thing is, is, you know, I might want something for this person. That's not one of their priorities or their goals. And it's being able to differentiate, understand, you know, what my, my goals, what my beliefs, what my priorities are, and then understanding where they're coming from and then being able to manage that situation. Because I think oftentimes we interject on our patients, our clients and those things, what we want for them without really listening to what they want for themselves. Um, so you know, that, you know, again, that's kind of, I'll, I'll step off my soapbox there a little bit, but I think um, it, it, that comes into really, you know, the whole, this whole listening standpoint or listening point that you made, where we're really sitting there and we're, we're, you know, they're telling us what, you know, they're hoping to get out of this process. And I love like when I was shadowing you and when I got to work with you on my rotations it is the way you framed all of your questions to the person and, and how that person left that first interaction feeling like, wow, my, my voice and what I want from this was really heard. And, you know, I, I think that that's a real skill that sometimes is lost from on the, on the PT side, but also the coaching side too. I appreciate that, man. I'm a sucker for a compliment. Yeah, but as a, as a new yeah. grad, I, I think back on my first days as a clinician, and it is hard not to inject or interject your personal biases or personal beliefs on a patient in some ways. But, you know, I, I, it circles back around to listening. And it's the simple things that make the biggest difference. And a lot of times just restating and reflecting on what someone says. I mean, literally, when I do an initial evaluation, I will repeat the entire subjective to a patient and ask if, and I will follow it up with, have I heard you clearly and completely? That's actually something I got from Jeff Moore. And that has been a game changer in my clinical practice. I will have patients at least once a week 
stop and say, I really appreciate you actually taking the time to listen to exactly what I had to say. And right there is the buy-in for the treatment session. So that's huge. And, um, you know, once you get that on the first session, I mean, it's, it's going to really dictate the whole course of care. Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I've stolen that from you and subsequently from Jeff Moore too. Um, have I heard you, comp- uh, you know, clearly and completely? Or is there anything else that I missed or, or anything else? I love the restating of it. And, and you know, that, yeah, that creates the buy-in because, you know, it shows them that you actually listened, you know, which is something in, in, in healthcare today. Um, you know, that's a huge you know, problem right now is there's some studies that show like within the first 11 seconds of talking with your physician, they're already thinking about what they're prescribing to you. So they're no longer listening to what you have to say. They're already thinking about what they're going to do next. And so like being able to restate, you know, what they said to you, you know, and then asking them like, is that right? And just following up on that, like, is there anything else you want to talk about? You know, that really starts creating that, that buy-in, that relationship, which ultimately is going to influence how they progress from a PT or strength conditioning standpoint. You know, they, again, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is the first step to showing them that you actually care about their well-being. Um, so I think that's great. And I've stolen that exact line from you and from, you know, subsequently from Jeff, um, because I think it, it does really create great buy-in with the patient. Oh yeah. hundred percent, man. And, um, you, you know, I, th- I think that you, you were talking about how that helps create that relationship. And that's so important. I mean, when we talk about goals, you have to figure out what makes a person tick, what, what drives them. And, you know, I, I've heard you talk about this before and you may get a client that has a really, really, you know, lofty goal. They may want to win CrossFit competitions. They want may want to go to regionals, but they're not putting the time in. I mean, we know someone to get to that level. Mm-hmm. They got to be doing two a days. It's very common. I mean, that's pretty much a standard if they're going to be able to get that level. And it might be they're actually prioritizing their job or their family. Yep. Like you said, we're not judging them, right? Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, as a coach, as a healthcare provider, how, how can we tap into that? How can we tap into that and use that to our advantage? Yeah, though, that's, I think that leads perfectly into what I wanted to make sure we talked about here today, because, you know, when oftentimes I'll have an athlete or, or a client that will tell me what their priorities are, and it will sound great. And then you know, as we're actually going through that process, we're not making the progress that is expected, that either of us expected. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I, you know, I'm wondering why we're not further along than we would be. And so oftentimes I'll dig deeper to really determine what that person's true priorities are because there's, there's sometimes a disconnect between what they're telling me their priorities and then what their behaviors actually are. And we know that our priorities really do dictate and drive our behaviors, but oftentimes we can use our behaviors and reverse engineer and determine what our true priorities really are. So there's a sequence of seven tra- uh, questions that Sharon Preet, um, who's a lifestyle coach who does some great things, puts out there. And it's a way to kind of determine what your real true priorities are based on you know, what your, your day-to-day behaviors are. So it's you know, a reverse engineering process. So there are seven questions. I can read them out to you. Um, the first one is, you know, what do you consider to be your personal space? And then more importantly, what is common to all those spaces? And then the second one is you have 24 hours in a day besides sleep. How do you spend your time? The third question, what are you doing when you feel most energized and alive? That fourth question is where are you most organized? The fifth one, what engages you and captures your attention and focus the most? And the sixth one, what goals have you set that show signs that they are coming true? That kind of comes back to that goal versus fantasy situation. And then the seventh and final one, what do you love talking about to other people? 
And so she asks these seven questions to each one of her clients. And first, she goes through it herself and recommends that every coach goes through it at least once, you know, once a year, if not more like once a quarter, to really determine what are your own you know, goals, priorities, beliefs. Again, so we talked about, like we talked about, we aren't interjecting those onto, um, onto the client themselves. Um, and then she has people rank each one, you know, three answers. What's the, the most, the second most, and the third most. So what do you consider to be your personal space and what is common to all those spaces? Oftentimes the things that we, you know, prioritize and things that are important to us are in those personal spaces. The, how do you spend your time? That, you know, clearly shows us what we're, we're prioritizing during the day. What makes you feel energized and alive? Um, that kind of helps us go a little bit in, you know, the difference between like what's work and then what we love to do, you know, what gives us meaning and what makes us feel more energized versus what wears us down. That fourth one, where are you most organized? Oftentimes, the things that we prioritize the most, we're also the most organized. And sometimes people will tell you, I'm just a disorganized person. But there's somewhere in their life where there's some organization. And that is, that is something that is really key to determining what somebody's prioritizing. Um, the next one, what um, engages your attention or focus the most? Another one, another way to phrase that question is like, what can you always be relied on to do? Like, what is something that someone never has to tell you to do? Um, because the things that you do without somebody having to tell you to do, you know, those are things that, that mean something to you, that you prioritize. Um, the sixth one, what goals are you set that show signs that they're coming true? That comes back to goal versus fantasy. Again, me saying I want to own a yacht one, one day for me to make that a real, for that to be a goal versus a fantasy, I need to, you know, be, you know, subscribing to, um, you know, a yacht magazine and doing research on, um, you know, you know, the cost and, you know, depreciation and the difference between, you know, various different, you know, used situations and, and how much I need to save or started a savings account for it. Like there has to be evidence that you were actually moving towards that goal for it to really be an appropriate goal versus being a fantasy. Um, and then the, the seventh one, what do you love talking about to, uh, talking to other people about that's straight from Dale Carnegie and how to win friends and influence people. People love talking about what they care about. So, um, you know, when you, you know, when you have somebody, I'll have a patient sometimes or a client sometimes, and they're always talking to me about the same thing all the time. Uh, you know, that's not related to health and fitness. And that just shows me that they value that. And that's a priority to them. And so you can go through these questions and rank your answers one through three um, in terms of your most, second most, third most, and then you've got 21 answers. And then you can narrow those down, adding them up and refining it to where you see where there's themes. So for me, just to give an example, when I go through those questions, my personal space often has books in it. And then where do I, where am I most organized? My files from school are, are so organized. I have every course and every unit and everything broken down by folder on my hard drive. It's like, I'm anal about that stuff. It's, it's weird. And then, you know, what, where do I feel energized? Oftentimes it's, it's going through a con ed module. Where do I spend my time? It's going through a, a new book or something. And what do I talk about? I talk about this stuff. So, you know, this, this strength conditioning PT. So clearly, you know, I can narrow that down to learning and studying is a priority of mine. And so, you know, that, that, you know, that's great. That, that's just, again, using those questions to narrow it down. And then we don't judge somebody what their priorities are. But if I were to tell somebody my number one thing is fitness and I go through this and I determine that my priorities and my behaviors are really dictating that fitness isn't one of my top priorities, again, that's not good or bad, but there's a disconnect there and it sparks a further conversation. 
So for me, if I'm going through with a client or a patient and I think that they're telling me one thing and then what is actually happening isn't what I would expect, I might dive deeper and ask them these questions and use it to really determine, okay, your behaviors are telling me that your priorities are really X, Y, and Z. And if those don't line up to what they're telling me, then, then maybe we can start addressing those things and hopefully move in, you know, uh, to where we can adjust things so it all aligns towards what their true priorities really are. Man, I like that. Yeah. Super deep, super thorough. I mean, I can see how that can peel back a lot of layers there. Um, you know, I, th- I think what we should do is put these in the show notes, these questions. Yeah, for sure. I'm, a- I'm actually going to put this on a sheet and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to answer these myself because this is actually the first time I've gone through all these or heard them all at the same time. And I'm going to do this a couple of patients this week too, and just kind of see how it goes. Um, this is, this is really awesome. Um, yeah. I can see how that could be super helpful and, and really influence what you're going to do, the way you're going to move forward with the client in yeah. terms of, further questions, programming, training, I mean, you name it. It's awesome. No, and they are, and these and these are just tools. It's just something that's like, you know, I don't necessarily give this to every single person that walks through my door on day one. But if I've talked to somebody and we've really done some thorough goal setting, and for some reason there's just something isn't sitting right in terms of like where their progress is going and what they're telling me and what they say their goals are, well, then I might implement some of these tools. And, you know, a lot of times I'll ask some of these in my initial questioning when I'm talking to somebody, like some of the basic ones, like, you know, you know, you know tell me, you know, how you spend your day. What's a typical day? you know because that gives me a good a a good idea as you go through there or and you know of course the goal setting question and then you know i might talk about you know what are your favorite things to talk about or you know what do you what do you feel like you're passionate about so i might include some of them initially but oftentimes i'm employing these tools when i feel like i need to later on um and you know again this is all sharon preet's work and i think it's it's so important because you know i'll get two clients that will come to me on the exact same day and I'll go through an initial assessment with both of them the very first day. And they'll both tell me, you know, well, when there were still regionals, I want to be a regionals athlete. And then a month in one of those, one of those clients will not have missed a single session. will have put every single result in, will have logged everything they've eaten and everything they've, they've had to drink has their sleep down to literally that the, the minute of how much they've sleep has every bit of hydration logged going through it. And then somebody else who, who has never sent me a workout video, who puts results in maybe a third of the time, who I have no idea what they're eating because they don't keep track even if I ask them to. And, you know, there and it shows in their results of, you know, we you know, when we retested after this first cycle, they only put, you know, you know, two and a half or five pounds onto a lift versus the other person is, you know, 15, 20 pounds, you know, from their initial testing. And it's like those two people both told me their goals were a certain thing. They were very passionate about it, at least when I talked to them. But for some reason there's a disconnect. So, you know, client one that's making all this great progress, I don't necessarily need to ask them you know, these questions. Clearly, we're on the right track. But client two, I might want to start giving them these questions like, you know, tell me, you know, you know, what, you know, what makes you feel alive? You know, like what, what gives you a ton of energy? You know, what, what engages you and, and has mo- you know, your attention and focus that you really are passionate about? I might give them these questions because for some reason, what they're telling me and what they're doing, something just ain't right. So um, I like to use those questions more in that sense, because I think it can give me more insight and again, give more talking points. And again, it shows them that I care. It shows them that I'm digging deeper and trying to help them. So when you have a client like that, like say the, the, the latter one, number two, will they ever have like this aha moment once they're yeah. going through that? 
Honestly, I, to tell you the truth, I kind of had an aha moment when I went through this. So to give a little background on the OPEC stuff, I went through the first two modules back when they weren't in a cohort. I think I've mentioned that before. I went through assessment and program design back when each one was individual. You didn't have to take them all. And then I went back through it all when it was a cohort. So I went through assessment and program design a second time, but I went through life coaching, nutrition, and business systems all a first time because it was all a cohort. You had to take them all together. So they packaged them. And so I went through this myself. And of course, the same thing, you know, she has you listen to the, she's explaining this on this video because it's an online module and she's like, pause the video. I want you to write down your first, second, and third most for each one of these questions. And if you had asked me before that, before that video started, what my priorities were fitness and my own personal fitness and performance really like CrossFit performance would have been listed very near the top. It would have been right behind family faith and, and, you know, and everything else. It would have been really close up top. And then as I go through those priorities, man, you know, it wasn't near the top at all. And, you know, it, you know, and those questions really tease that out because what were the things I never forgot to do or things I could be right on? I always got my clients, their program. I was always going through con ed. I never, you know, was never late on any school assignment. Um, I always, you know, made time for my clients, whatever it was, you know, I made time for my fiance, of course, you know, that was number one to me, all these different things. And, you know, what did I not always make time for? Well, I missed the occasional training session. I pushed things back. I sent my coach that message saying, hey, I wasn't able to get this in because I had an exam and I needed to study and I was a little behind. You know, that, you know, that just showed me, it teased out that, you know, I'm saying performance is my big, a huge priority, but it really isn't based on my behaviors. And then so I had to evaluate, well, really, what does performance mean to me? Is it really something that I want to be a top priority? Because if it is, I got to change my behaviors. Or is it something that I'm okay with performance not being my top priority because I have these other things that are taking my attention? Again, no judgment involved because a performance doesn't necessarily have to be your top priority, but it really opened my eyes into my own individual situation. And so that's what led me to like, I need to employ this with some of my clients because it really can be eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Man, I love this. Uh, you, you know, I think this is yet another example of where street coaches are ahead of PTs in a lot of ways. And, you know, for PTs out there listening, because there's still plenty out there that will literally check off checklist on a sheet, including one that will literally say, what are your goals for physical therapy? Um, but I think a good take home point is that we really have to take the time to just keep the, the humanity of the profession in mind and take the time to, you know, get to know people on a personal level, create those relationships. That is really going to drive the outcome. And ultimately, you know, I always say that if we're going to improve this profession, if, you know, we're going to actually be seen as the gatekeepers for musculoskeletal, if we're actually going to get paid more one day, get reimbursed more, it's going to have to start on the micro level. It's going to have to be literally every person that comes through your door. You're going to have to treat it like it's a Super Bowl, put everything into it. Because um, we've seen it's not getting done from the top down, from the APTA. So, um, man, this is, this is great. This one was full of gems, really. Yeah, I encourage people to go through that themselves first before they try to employ anything on their clients or, or implement anything with their clients because oftentimes I found myself, you know, back in when I was first starting as a coach where health and fitness and performance were my number one priority. And at that time, if I had gone through this, it probably would have been my number one priority. I wasn't engaged. I wasn't, you know, in physical therapy school. I didn't have all the, I didn't have a business at that time. It was something where my performance was really high on my priority list. And I can look back and see how I was kind of 
projecting that onto each one of my clients when maybe they had all these other things that were priorities to them and it was okay. And, but for me in my mind, performance needed to be higher up on their priority list. And so that's an example of maybe me as a young coach, not really being good at listening, not being able to adapt my coaching to where they are and meeting them where they are and progressing them towards what their goals are, not what my goals for them are. And so I think, you know, a lot of my development over these years has been being able to, to understand that I am my own person and they are, they are their own person. And I can't, I don't need to judge what they prioritize. What I need to do is really help them figure out what their true goals are and then help guide them towards those, those goals. And I think that that's the, for me, that took a, a little bit of you know, personal development and being able to, to understand myself better before I was able to help other people. Outstanding, man. Totally agree, 100%. So uh, next time a patient walks in your door, says they didn't do their homework, it's not the patient's fault. It's your fault. And you got to figure out why. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, uh, before, before we sign off, Josh, uh, talking about goals, man, you got any big ones coming up? 2019? Yeah. Well, 2019, I got a few big things. One, I want to successfully be married. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, that is in July, uh, July 6th. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out if that goes through. And, you know, she's still got a lot of time to realize that um, she doesn't have to put up with me if she doesn't want to. Uh, you know, but uh, so, I, you know, hopefully that's goal number one. Um, and then also successful completion of my degree in passing board. So got some big professional big year, goals. Man. Yeah. You know, and, and so again, like those are, those are goals that, you know, will are, are very important to me so you know crossfit performance is not one of my high priorities but it fits on my priority list so i need to make sure that you know what i'm doing is you know takes that into account um so uh that just shows towards you know again another plug for individual design and a coach that understands where you're coming from and what you're really trying to do um so yeah those are my goals man what about you what do you got going on i want to get 105 star reviews on this podcast on itunes that's for yes. sure 100 um, oh, yes that's right um, you know, we got, we got some goals for our business. We want to grow, expand our footprint, serve our community the best way possible. But, you know, personally, and, and after this episode, I'm thinking twice about it, but historically I've, I've very much been a, a goalless person personally. I, I know, I know we just talked about the importance of setting goals, but you know, I've always thought that it's best to just take things one day at a time. So my goal is just to be a good father, be a good clinician, be a good colleague. Um, cause you know, we never know what's going to happen day to day and all that stuff. Um, so I don't really have any particular personal goals besides me just doing the best for each person that walks my door. And, you know, I've always felt that if you try to be present and you really honestly try to put your best foot forward one day at a time, a person at a time, all the good things like money, success, personal growth, whatever, it's all going to come as a byproduct. So that's kind of the code I've lived by. Oh, I completely agree, man. There was a little saying on the, the wall of our high school um, in the, in the weight room and say, you take care of the little things, the big things will take care of themselves. And I think you're exactly right there, man. You, you focus on those certain things that you can control all those other big things like wealth and success. They'll, they'll come by, you know, you just got to take care of the little things day to day. That's right, man. Good way, good way to end the episode there. Yes, sir. Well, if you haven't already, please go on and subscribe uh, and leave us a review again. Brandon's goal, we got to help him. We got our goal is 100. 100 five-star reviews would be wonderful. So leave us a review on the podcast. Subscribe. It's a great place to leave a, a, you know, a nice comment would be awesome, but also a question. We, get, we love talking about what you want to hear. So give us a question, something that you want us to talk about on here. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you again for tuning in. Hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. And we'll uh, catch you all next week. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. 
guaranteed the best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.